Hey everyone, Elizabeth here. We are mixing it up this week. I actually got the chance to lead the interview with a really good friend of mine, my college roommate from freshman year, Juanita Perdomo, and we had an awesome conversation just about her life and her experience um, and her family coming to America when she was very young. Um, She just has some really cool stories to share that I think you guys are going to love, and I'm pumped to get to lead for the first time and um, thankful for Will to let me have this opportunity. So without any further ado, here comes episode 15 of the Look Closer podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15. We've got my friend Juanita Perdomo on the phone from Raleigh. Juanita, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing great. I'm excited to lead my first podcast. Um, just pumped to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. You're oh. going to kill it. Oh, thanks, Wa. <laughs> um, so, Juanita, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about how you and I met to start? Yeah, I guess it was just your normal freshman year uh, roommate search. <laughs> like <laughs> online dating. <laughs> Yeah, just, um, I think Raby reached out to me pretty early, like, after we got accepted to UNC. (laughs) It's Uh, not like I was anxious or anything. (laughs) Early bird catches away. But, no, and um, we had a lot of mutual friends because I used to live in Charlotte, so Mm -hmm. she reached out to me, and I don't know, it just, I mean, it just worked out. Like, Mm -hmm. we started chatting, and we're really similar. Um, We knew a lot of, like, similar people who all had good things to say. I mean, obviously. I did my research. <laughs> yeah. It had it a background like, check or two. What's up with this girl? Yeah. yeah. And why so is then, she sending me a message the day after I got into UNC? <laughs> but it was awesome. So, yeah, we were just freshman year roommates. So that's how we got to know each other. Heck yeah. Good times, man. <laughs> Living in that Great dorm. Times. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been kind of putting myself back in those days as we've been preparing for this conversation and just... A lot of funny memories eating the dining hall together and eating way too much food. Oh my god. <laughs> I had a donut every day. Yeah, did you? I was looking donuts. back and and those like little cappuccino machines oh that my were gosh. like five hundred calories. Oh my god. We were like, It's <laughs> fine, it's fine. Yeah. It tastes really good. Oh, and we'd go on a run. We we'd run for like three quarters of a mile and be like, I feel great. That was good for the week. <laughs> honestly because you couldn't you couldn't like get going on franklin street like as soon as we would start like picking up some speed then like the light would change so we just have to like stop and then we'd be like okay i'm sick of this yeah i mean and it was just like an achievement getting out there (laughs) for real real. oh man but yeah we i have loved just our friendship and cool enough we've actually been roommates twice um when we our yeah. freshman year, we lived together, and then junior year, we both decided to study abroad in Italy, in Florence, and um, were able to pick roommates, so we ended up living in an apartment with several girls, and that was awesome, too, and I got to see another side of the world with you, so friendship yeah. that just keeps on giving. <laughs> I know. I always remember, too, like, that last day in Florence, and we spent at the Uffizi. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a great last day. It was. Wow. <laughs> Memories. cool thanks for giving a little background um but Mm -hmm. I just am really excited to have you on today because I've always thought you've had some really cool stories about 
where you're from and your family and just kind of your culture and your your experience. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about where you're from and just how do you answer the question, where are you from, I guess? Yeah, um, it depends because I moved, so I'm originally from Colombia, uh, Bogota, Colombia, South America. <laughs> Not to be confused with Colombia, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> I always have to say South America. Yeah, I always do that to people um, too. People, I'm like, Colombia, and then I'm like, no, 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 Bogota. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the reaction I get. And yeah. then I say, well, hey, like I, I moved when I was like one year old. I'm the baby of the family. And mm-hmm. we moved to Charlotte at first. And I lived there until like, seventh grade-ish and then I moved to Raleigh but I can kind of always gauge like people ask me a lot where I'm from and it's not like a normal question you ask a stranger immediately but I figure it's like okay my name's Juanita but I (laughs) but like I don't look like maybe I should be a Juanita so people are always like where are you from and then I feel like I have to start out with I was born in like you know like not a lot of people have to start out that way yeah that's true that's (laughs) interesting how like you saying your name or somebody reading your name maybe would prompt that question in a different way whereas my name's Elizabeth and maybe somebody's first question would be like oh where'd you go to college or like where do you where what do you work or like things like that but yeah interesting. yeah 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 that's um so you were really young when you moved to the states do you go back to Colombia a lot does your family take a lot of trips back there what's that like yeah well um I moved so I was one year old but I have an older sister who was 10 mm-hmm. when we moved um but we didn't get to go back for eight years after I moved here so it was just like a lot of financial stuff and like my parents didn't really want to go back to a country that was a little in like not safe at the mm-hmm. time they moved yeah. um but mostly definitely just like trying to get established with residencies in the United States before we moved back so it took eight years um and that was like I remember it was the first time I met like my grandmother and like all of my wow. cousins and stuff like that and I was so excited it was just me and my mom oh. but um that so let's see that was the first time but now we go back like we're so blessed now because like we're able financially to go back and visit a lot so yeah. I'd say maybe once or twice a year my mom used to go like four times a year my dad goes like three times and my brother's actually getting married there this summer oh my gosh I didn't and, know he was like, gonna be in Colombia that's awesome yeah, oh, yeah. for the listeners I've just always loved this her brother's name is Juan and her name is Juanita <laughs> and I just love yeah. that like how perfect my parents got real creative <laughs> and my so like funny. I have like a million cousins named Juan oh my gosh like, <laughs> honestly there's and I call At you least, Juan sometimes, or Juan. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I get a, that's a lot of my nickname is, like, Juan. People that's... call me that all the time. And then me and my brother look exactly alike, too. Yeah, so y'all do. <laughs> it's just funny that we have the same name. <laughs> that is so funny. I remember when you and I were, like, looking at, like, considering being roommates, I remember stalking your Instagram, and I saw a picture <laughs> of you with Juan, and my first thought was, like, I thought it was your boyfriend because I guess y'all were like at a restaurant or something. I was like, oh my gosh, she looks exactly like her boyfriend. But brother, just... That would be weird. Yeah, that would be (laughs) creepy. Um, So you talked a little bit about your parents and your sister and brother. Tell us more just kind of your family layout. I know your family... I know that your family is super (laughs) important to you, but tell us a little bit more about them as a whole and each of your family members. Yeah, so like go through each of them. Sure, yeah. Or just, yeah, some okay. highlights. <laughs> yeah, so I have three brothers and sisters. I have 
Um, one sister, her name is Anna. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like 32 now. She's interesting because she just had a baby and mm-hmm. she's married to this like super Southern dude from Tennessee. <laughs> and it's just funny to see like, those two dynamics come in together when they're raising their child yeah that's true <laughs> it is really interesting um is she speaking spanish to her yeah like she tries but then he doesn't know any spanish mm-hmm. so it's like she understands spanish but like also understands english but doesn't really have a language yet because she's only like one and a half yeah years old but so yeah that's really interesting but she's the oldest um I have another sister named Andrea. She's around 29. Mm -hmm. She lives in Denver, and that's tough because she's far away from all of us. But um, and then my brother Juan, he's like 27. Um, He lives here in Raleigh, so I hang out with him. Like he's like my best friend here right now. So I hang out with him like three times a week, and we always see each other on the weekends and and stuff. So I love that. And what about your parents? How did your parents meet in Colombia? What was their little story? They have the cutest story. They <laughs> have known each other since they were like little, because they're both of their par- their dads served in the Colombian military. Wow! And so they knew each other through that, and their um, moms were really close. And so they've just been family friends forever. And then my mom kind of friends and my dad until <laughs> like 20 ish. Poor dad. <laughs> yeah. And then they just like, I don't know, their eyes just opened up and realized that they needed to be with each other and they got married. I love but they, that. Like my mom's best friend was my dad's sister. So it was, it was, I love their huh. story. That's yeah. so cute. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Are they both from Bogota or did they come from somewhere yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. They're both from there. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I know <laughs> I know that your family is really important to you just from spending time around your house. And Will mm-hmm. and I were talking about earlier when he came to pick me up after study abroad because we had that, we had this crazy series of unfortunate events with our flights coming back from Italy and got like <laughs> stuck in Chicago. And then got, I Ugh. fortunately was able to stay with the Perdomos for night. But Will vividly remembers coming to pick me up there and yes. eating arepas is that right was that uh-huh. what they made and yeah. cafe con leche and it was a it was a wonderful morning even though we were incredibly jet lagged yeah i remember that that was so funny we just like came to the rescue and you guys he drove from charlotte but, <laughs> it was amazing i know but yeah that's that is like the typical breakfast too that yeah. what you guys had i have that like four days a week oh, I love <laughs> like that. arepas and eggs and then just dank coffee my mom makes with jave con leche and um and like a lot of cheese and stuff but yeah will got a taste of the typical perdomo morning <laughs> he enjoyed it that was that was pretty great well tell me more about kind of what your parents are doing here in the states i know mm-hmm. that they made the decision to bring your family here and maybe start with kind of how they got started here and what their immigration process was like and just kind of a little bit of background of that and what they do now. Yeah, so um, my parents were both architects in Bogota. Hmm. And um, so when they moved here, well, first, in order to be legal, my dad had to get a, a student visa. So like that's how that's how we were legal here. He was just taking classes at um, was the community college in Charlotte CPCC. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, just taking English classes there, and like okay. that's how we were technically legal. Cool. Um, until he got a worker's like permission, mm-hmm. and um, he started doing architecture there, 
um, but quickly realized that like the rules and the like regulations in the U.S. and Colombia are also different. Yeah. It was like a totally different language. Yeah. Um, and like the technology here was a little bit more advanced and he was still used to doing like architecture on paper. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a good first job for him because he had a, a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something that's really key when you're immigrating is you need a sponsor at all times and, yeah. um, or else you're technically illegal. So mm. He, how did he um, that, get connected with his sponsor? How does that? I don't know much about that process. I'm just no, that was just he moved. We moved to Rockingham, North Carolina first. Really? And yeah, and joined a church. We like oh. didn't have anything. And just through the church community, like someone gave us, or the pastor let us live in his like attic area. Wow. Um, and then he got my dad connected to, you know, this architect firm, like super tiny. And wow. it was like he was getting paid by the hour, like, pretty badly but um it was just something and so he kind of just jumped around from sponsor to sponsor and then he he headed into newspaper advertisements and got a sponsor that way and then you know like once you're like more solid Mm -hmm. you can start applying like your residency um so we got a green card and then it literally took 16 years for us to get our citizenship wow why Um, why did it take so long it is such a long process because like I said you have a visa to sponsors to like finally getting your residency which I like didn't happen until I was like eight or ten yeah um and then it takes a lot of money so like my dad Mm -hmm. was telling me it's like fifteen thousand dollars in lawyers it's it's the citizenship itself is really expensive and then you're just like waiting for a really long time Mm. so that took 16 years and all the while my mom was she was doing architecture um a little bit working on custom homes mm-hmm. um I know she and loves then the, home design she's so great. yeah <laughs> yeah she's so good at it and then what happened with that was the um the market crash in 2008 mm. so she kind of lost all her business and wow. um I actually can't remember if it was before or after but she we would like clean mm-hmm. we got in like the cleaning business so like me and my whole family my brothers and sisters we would all go clean um houses with my mom we would clean like pla- i remember this so vividly plastic surgery clinics oh. um oh. i remember because i like love medicine and yeah. i would see all of like their tools i bet you stuff. loved that <laughs> yeah and That's so cool. i just remember my job was the bathrooms and for some reason i was like i loved cleaning the bathroom <laughs> that's so interesting but, what, a, what a cool memory like just those little how old were you do you think at that time um is probably like 11 okay 12. yeah um gotcha. but yeah that was like a whole family thing and yeah. just like odd jobs like that like we would distribute newspapers mm-hmm. like I would like we would spend nights filling up the bags and then the next day we would all go out and like I would throw them and we'd like play games and like who could throw it the farthest (laughs) (laughs) so like little things like that and then um but now my dad works at he's distributing you might have heard of Takis those like Mexican oh yeah um they've made they've been made very famous by a certain song Hot Cheetos and Takis yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) they were already Uh famous but even more famous than the younger generation (laughs) yeah I'm sure everybody everybody that didn't know what they were was probably like guys we need to go buy some takis i don't know what they are but we gotta get on this (laughs) i know yeah so they they distribute they own a company that distributes that in like the southeast basically in the carolinas so that's what they do now and it's been like such a weird journey from being like kind of an architect to (laughs) 
<laughs> distributing snacks. <laughs> yeah, but hey, but, that's that's pretty cool. Man. Yeah. Well, we are right about at our time limit for the first half, but this is great. Thank you so much for sharing all of this, and we're just going to take a quick break and then jump right back into the conversation, Wa. All right, sounds good. Today's episode of the Look Closer podcast is brought to you by some interesting facts you may not know about basketball because it's All-Star Weekend. Yeah, it is. In the early 1900s, basketball players played in cages of chicken wire and mesh to keep players from falling into spectator seats. Players would often get injured during the intense games. Jeez. <laughs> Understandable. Did you know that James Naismith, who was a PE teacher from Springfield, Massachusetts, invented basketball in 1891 when he was looking for ways to keep his gym class busy on a rainy day? My goodness. So known as the most infamous brawl in NBA history, the Pacers-Piston altercation, also known as the Malice in the Palace, on November 19, 2004, was a massive fight that involved both players and spectators. Oh my goodness. The NBA suspended nine players for a total of $11 million in lost salaries. Whoa. Five fans also received criminal charges and were Dang. banned from Piston home games for life. There we go. And the first basketball hoops were actually made from peach baskets oh, with the bottom sense. intact. You actually had to get the ball out of each basket, but the first string nets came around in the early 1900s. And with that, we're going back to the, the podcast. podcast. All right, we're back with Juanita for part two of our conversation. Wa, how's it going? <laughs> Good, I'm having fun. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. I think this is really cool. It's We were just saying earlier, we wish that we could be in person, but FaceTime does amazing things, and it's definitely the next best option. So this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, a little bit on the, during the break, we were just kind of talking about where the conversation is and where we want to kind of go. And Will made a... a cool point that I think would be fun to or interesting to dig into so you explained this process that your parents and your family went through that took 16 years and 15 plus thousand dollars and probably a lot of emotional and spiritual and physical like strenuous like activity what Mm. do you think like what was the alternative of doing that for your family what was maybe like the motivation to come or what what kind of would have been the other option yeah like like what brought us here basically yeah um so when I when my mom was pregnant with me um well obviously you know my parents were my sister and like all of them were living through the age in Columbia where that you've probably all heard of like the Escobar Mm -hmm. the drug deals the, the violence like all that um well there was this guerrilla group rising um at the time and uh basically my grandmother got kidnapped um by this revolutionary group um and she got kidnapped for seven months um and that whole time they um they're trying to get ransom money because like that's how their strategy is like steal from the rich give to the poor but really it was just it was a terrorizing group um and so basically my dad my whole and my mom they had to sell everything that they had um which wasn't even that much at the moment because the economy was not doing very well um they basically sold everything stripped everything down borrowed a ton of money from whoever they could Mm. um in order to pay this ransom which i think in dollars was around five hundred thousand dollars um and yeah so and it was just a really like imagine seven months of being <laughs> asked is it your dad that was your dad's mom it was my mom's oh, mom. your mom's mom okay and um 
like just scary moments you couldn't really trust the police yeah. the police were actually the people who kidnapped her oh my so gosh. they were corrupt and they got pulled over and just got kidnapped so um it was just a really fearful time for my family and yeah. something that like they didn't want to go through again like when my mom was pregnant with me this whole time she got preeclampsia mm. just from like stress can you explain um, what deal with preeclampsia this. is to our listeners and to me? <laughs> As basically, you're, it's just a condition during pregnancy where if, like, you have really high stress, mm-hmm. you're, it's just, like, my mom would explain it as, like, a tense ball, mm. and it's really just bad, like, blood flow-wise, mm. and, like, it's just a bad environment for the yeah. baby and um, usually can lead to, like, premature births and stuff, but... Mm. Um, at seven months, my dad went and with my uncle and picked up my grandmother in the jungle, um, paid the ransom and brought her back. Oh and like literally shortly after I was born, um, my parents were just like this, you know, this isn't kind of the environment that we want to raise our kids in anymore. Yeah. Like we're so scared. We're so broke. Um, and so they decided to move to the U.S. where my dad's sisters were living. Okay. Um, so he kind of had that connection. Yeah. Um, and was luckily was able, you know, like the process I was saying before, um, was able to make it. But, the, I mean, the alternative would have been, it, we would have been fine, in, I think, but it would have been a super scary journey for my parents to build everything back up in Colombia to continue living in that kind of like traumatic, um, like after that kind of traumatic experience. Absolutely. Um, and so that's what brought us here. And my dad, honestly, I admire him so much because he, he did everything in his power to stay legal, Mm -hmm. like in this country, which was really difficult. And especially right now when you're seeing like, the process is insane. Like, 16 years of doing everything right mm-hmm. finally got a citizenship, you know? like And right now, it's even longer. So, yeah. what was, Did you... What was it like to see your parents become legal? I'm sure it was... Like, oh, I'm, my gosh. I'm sure it was really emotional, <laughs> and I'm sure they were just so yeah. thankful and relieved. What was... What, what are your memories from that? Oh, my gosh. They were, they were so... I've never seen my dad so happy. Like I have, I have this image in my head of him just like huge smile on his face, waving an American flag. Oh, and I love it, your dad. He is the most they, joyful man I've ever met in my entire he life. He is. <laughs> he is. Like I don't know how he manages to keep this positive attitude through everything, mm. but it was just like this. You could tell he was just working so hard for this moment. And he, like, finally got there and was just so excited. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. I think yeah. just what you what you just talked about, I think, is so helpful for me to hear. You know, I've, I've lived in America for my entire life, and my family didn't have to go through something like that. And I think a lot of people are the same way. Most or a lot of people that live here have, you know, not had to experience that. And I think hearing somebody explain, you know, this is why we came here and this is what was hard and you know this is what it would have been like if we had stayed which you would have you know you could have been okay but your family is thankful that they were able to come and I just think that is a really cool thing that you're able to share and this isn't necessarily a question but just kind of a a thought that I think that that's like God has really blessed you with that story to be able to tell and people need to hear it (laughs) 
so thank yeah you. thank you for opening up and sharing about that I know it's kind of a vulnerable thing but no definitely and I mean I wasn't even born during the whole situation yeah but like, it's such it's such a huge part of our story yeah like as a family um it's something that just makes us so thankful for this country and for all the hard work that my parents have put in yeah and I know speaking of that I know your family is just so amazingly close can you tell us a little bit more about why that is I know different cultures family has a different meaning and um like what what kind of do you think brings your family so close and makes y'all just the way that y'all are yeah I um I think it is part of the Hispanic culture mm-hmm. um it's not to say that some American families aren't super like I know your family is really close mm-hmm. Mills, your sounds really close too like I it's not to say that but um it is just more normal to spend more time with your family so like for example kids in Colombia they stay with their families during college hmm. like their their parents aren't like dying for them to move out <laughs> like, <laughs> you know they they like are expected to stay there through college hmm. um so it's something that my parents actually hear they took some getting used to they didn't really want to let go yeah. but um Aww. I don't know what it is about I think it stems from my parents and like how much they love us and love when we're together. And now it's just like all of my siblings are my best friends, like without a doubt. Yeah. Um, they're just like the people that if I want to be in my happiest self, like I'm going to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so thankful for my parents for like being kind of the backbone of that too. Um, cause like also I'll say my mom's my best friend and my dad's my best friend. Yeah. Like it's just such a, like, I don't know. And, and I know my like cousins are like that with their families and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just us or, but I really think that it's a part of the culture. Like for example, um, new year's, we spend it together mm-hmm. like it's it's unheard of in Colombia for you to go out with your friends on huh. New Year's like <laughs> it's like you just don't do that and yeah. so here like growing up I was always like can I hang out with my friends and my parents like no like, that's just not what we do it's like Christmas <laughs> so, like I guess to us like you know my family would if I told them I wanted to go be with my friends on Christmas day they'd be like no <laughs> right and it's, it's yeah it's the same thing it's like New Year's is is like that it's like it's just what do you mean you're gonna go with your friends yeah <laughs> So and very funny. These, yeah. <laughs> cool. So we always have these like fun, basically just house parties of yeah. just us, uh. and we like dance until like four o'clock <laughs> and just like eat and like it was just so funny and um it's like one of my favorite times of the year and it's I a tradition that. that I'm always gonna want to keep. Um, Does your family <laughs> celebrate American Thanksgiving? Yeah, we do. We um we didn't eat turkey until like. Until my sister married that Tennessee yeah. guy, I, think I, told I remember you, you telling me y'all, y'all used to do takeout or something. Yeah, we would just eat whatever, like whatever hibachi or yeah. whatever we wanted. <laughs> That's like, so great. Yeah, turkey. We still can't really get on board with too much, but we do. We love. We love that holiday. Like yeah. I think it's a beautiful holiday that. Um, I don't know we we enjoy it it's obviously not a thing we like connect to our cousins about but yeah (laughs) we live in Colombia but yeah but that is a cool example of kind of your Colombian American heritage I guess like it is a very American holiday but it has become something that has kind of like 
shaped your family and has become something that is really important to y'all now that wasn't before I think that's that's pretty cool yeah and I think that shows like the blend of you know that comes with living here for so long like we're gonna adopt a ton of parts of American culture too Mm -hmm. it's just important that like we keep that Colombian culture which is like the backbone of our Mm -hmm. family so yeah an example of that I remember talking to you about was um, I remember you telling me that your mom, when you were young, only or would, would speak <laughs> Spanish to you. What was that? Yeah. What's kind of what was that about? Oh, I was going through that whole like I don't know America. Let me be like my friends type mm-hmm. phase. What age was this r- around? Uh, this was this was when I was like I don't know maybe like fifth grade mm-hmm. or so is when it started, and um, I would just only speak English at home and my mom was just like what like no we speak Spanish here and I was like I was like whatever mom and she was like no like I'm not gonna and so she just wouldn't speak to me in English she would only speak to me in Spanish and basically the silent treatment except yeah and so if I if I spoke to her in English she'd be like que Juanita like no te entiendo like I don't understand you and she would just literally just ignore me as a child (laughs) but like I'm so thankful for that now because it's what made me not lose my Spanish and now I can confidently like say I'm fluent in Spanish so like I have killed it there but oh yeah (laughs) I have very vivid memories of us sitting in our dorm room on our two twin beds just like chatting and then your mom would call and you'd be like oh sorry excuse me for one second and then you'd be like hola mama and then you'd you'd, like throw these english words in there and i was like wait a minute that was she just said like chair or something just random (laughs) like just so funny but but usually like almost always when you were speaking to your Spanish or your parents I remember it was in Spanish and I remember when other friends were in our room they were like oh my gosh that's so cool she speaks Spanish like yeah she speaks Spanish (laughs) but I just have always known you as that and I just always thought that was really funny (laughs) yeah I always hated that I hated when people would just like be like shh 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 she's speaking Spanish oh yeah people did do that I'm like like, listen listen this is so cool (laughs) that is hilarious (laughs) so funny well this is you just have a really cool story well I I know you know that and I I just think so many like formative formative experiences that you've had are like just so different from most people in America and like I don't know I just think it's fun to learn more about you and I guess let's let's talk a little bit about you now and where you're kind of going so I know you you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier that you're interested in healthcare. what is kind of your your interest there and where what are you pursuing yeah so I want to go to PA school Mm -hmm. that's my end goal um I'm about to start applying this summer but right now I'm working at a medical or a primary care clinic Mm -hmm. um and I'm working as a medical assistant and I can interpret whenever it's a really cool clinic because they don't take insurance Mm -hmm. um so we get a lot of patients actually Hispanic patients who are uninsured because they might be legal and so it's like a really good outlet for them um and so overall like in what I hope in my career um I used to want to do global health and Mm -hmm. then I realized well there's a huge need here in the United States especially interacting with Hispanic populations um rural migrant farm worker populations Mm. um 
stuff like that that's the direction I want to go in in medicine because I feel like if like my mom worked so hard to make me learn Spanish like I really want to use it and um I really I just want to like help these people catch a break in the United States sometimes Mm -hmm. um and so I found that the most joy in my job right now is interacting with all the Hispanic patients who come yeah um being to interpret being able to interpret for them and yeah. just like being there is is like my favorite part of the job that so is far. just what you said is so that's like that's it like you your family went through a lot but you have you all have you know caught a break and been and had to work incredibly hard and have gotten to a, a comfortable place in our country that a lot of people might not be that are from similar places and the fact that you're able to use what you've been given and what you've worked for. I know you worked incredibly hard in college and high school and to get your education and to develop these skills and being able to use that to help people that are in very similar situations that maybe your parents were in not that long ago is like so important and something that I think is like crucial for our country right now. Yeah, like I'm thinking I didn't have health insurance until I think I was like 15 maybe. Wow. Maybe later. And so every time I would like break up, well, I never broke a bone, but every time I'd get injured in soccer or something, yeah. I, I could just see my parents stressing out because they would not want to take me to the doctor. I basically wouldn't go. I think that's also why I was so interested in medicine. I was like, if I can't go to a doctor, I better become one so, <laughs> oh, so that I can like deal with this for my family and yeah. stuff. But we ended up getting insurance, but it it's just tough. Um, I think... And I think I've I've had a different experience because yeah, like my name is Juanita, but I'm a little wider in that act, like whiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounded <Yeah>. whiter. <laughs> a little wider. But, You're not wide. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I get I. Anyway, that makes my experience a little different hmm. um, than, for example, like if I was just a little darker skinned, I feel like I would be a lot more fearful. in this country right now and like my mom even like she's super light skin but like she's had things happen to her like like she got pulled over and she has a pretty thick accent like you've Mm -hmm. heard her Mm -hmm. um and she got pulled over once and the the cop was like do you have a gun and she was like she was like why would I have a gun like I'm literally going like three over the speed limit and she just she she felt so victimized that day Mm. Um, because who would ask this cute old woman, yeah. like, if she has a gun? Like, just I because really... her accent doesn't sound like his or hers, whoever. Yeah, and, and it's just, I feel like even my experience and my family's experience would be so much worse if we were, like, a little darker skinned, yeah. which is so sad. But, like, it's incredibly sad. I want, like, yeah. So I at least want to, like, I don't know, help help out like help be a connection Mm. um be a bridge like yeah because I do I speak Spanish my name is Juanita just that in itself makes people feel a little more comfortable like even though Mm -hmm. um yeah it might not look more the part but I just know like you know had our situation been a little different like genetics wise like our lives would have been tougher which is so crazy to think wow and a lot of people don't have to think about that and yeah, yeah, I just love what you said about your your like background and how you can use that. And I think that's awesome, dude. That's really cool. 
Well, Thanks, Rates. Of course. Well, I think we're about out of time, sadly. That flew. I just, again, want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story and just being so candid with us. I know it's some of these things are easier to talk about than others, but you are great and eloquent, and we really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, and I, like, thanks for having me, and I really appreciate you guys, like, trying to get different perspectives out there um, and, like, raise awareness and and just get people talking. So Absolutely. y'all rock. You rock, Wah. We will talk to you <laughs> soon and have a wonderful week this week. I hope everything goes well at work and just keep on keeping on. Tell your family hi for me too. <laughs> I will. They'll be so excited. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't wait for them to get to listen. <laughs> well, thanks again, Wah. You're great. And we'll talk soon. No problem. Sounds good. Hello, listeners. It's me. I'm here. Can you believe how wonderful that podcast was? Elizabeth, we are, that was amazing. (laughs) Well done. Hey, all props to Juanita. She killed it. I think she should take the show on the road and do this for a living. (laughs) I loved how open she was just sharing her own story and her family's story. Um, Mm -hmm. Takes a lot of courage to do that. And especially to do that uh, in front of a microphone. And I thought you did a really good job facilitating it. Um, yeah, just really excited for everybody to listen to it. And yeah. Um, yeah, please, if you enjoyed what you just heard, please share it with others um, so that other people get to hear it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just really grateful um, to be able to sit in the room with that. Sure thing. <laughs> and if you'd like to stay more connected with us, if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at LookCloserPod. And to find our episodes, you can go to LookCloserPodcast.com, which will write you to our SoundCloud or you can get on the Apple Podcast app and just search the Look Closer Podcast. Please feel free, or please, we encourage you to leave ratings and reviews. It really helps us to get that feedback and have it be more of a two-way conversation um, just to kind of see what people like and maybe what they want to hear more of and what just ideas that they have. So please just shoot anything our way. We love getting feedback from people. Well, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to Elizabeth uh, and Juanita for the awesome podcast today. I uh, hope you all have a great week. And we will, uh, I guess, see you. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. We'll see y'all later. Bye.